This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. On this Thursday morning, February the 16th, 2023, well, we still got mild weather out here, but we do have some rain coming down this morning. So I guess it's going to be on and off today, some thunderstorms, but it's really mild. It's going to get into the 60s again today in the middle of February. I'm not complaining. Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in this great country. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark, and this is the Affirm America podcast. All right, let's take a look at our top five headlines for this Thursday morning. Let's start off with headline number five. Poll. Republican voters care more about culture wars than other issues. From the National Review. A new poll of Republican primary voters found that the vast majority want the party's presidential candidates to lean into culture war issues, especially when it comes to education and health care. The survey found that 93% of the 1,000 Republican primary voters surveyed want presidential candidates to prioritize parental rights and school curriculum transparency. American principles. Republican primary voters do not want sexual orientation and gender identity taught in public school. From the Daily Caller, reforming Social Security and Medicare would make 64% of GOP primary voters more likely to support a candidate, and comprehensive immigration reform would make 59% of voters more likely to support a candidate. Okay, so cultural issues, absolutely, that's at the top of the list. This is my feeling. I think this is the pulse of where the Republican voters are. They're really sick and tired of this woke transgender identity that's being taught in public schools all the way K through 12. I mean, can you imagine kindergartners talk to about gender issues and homosexuality and lesbianism? I mean, it's just nuts what's going on. And if it wasn't for the COVID virus, most of the parents wouldn't have realized what was being taught in the public schools. This is uh, very important to understand as we come into the 24 election cycle. And we can see exactly what the issues are. It's going to also, secondary is going to be the Medicare issue and also immigration. These are very two high percentages. The candidates out there, there's probably going to be a bunch of them jumping in. And we'll have to wait and see what the American people think. All right, headline number four. California loses 700,000 residents in the last two years. From the Los Angeles Times, the California exodus has shown no sign of slowing down as the state's population dropped by more than 500,000 people between April of 2020 and July of 2022, with the number of residents leaving surpassing those moving in by nearly 700,000. The population decrease was second only to New York. California has been seeing a decline in population for years, with the COVID-19 pandemic pushing even more people to move to other parts of the country, experts say. 
The primary reason for the exodus is the state's high housing costs, but other reasons include the long commutes and the crowds, crime and pollution in the larger urban centers. From the Daily Wire, Texas and Florida experienced the highest surge in population between April of 2020 and July of 2022, with approximately 884,000 and 707,000 people joining the respective states. All right, well, there's also a larger issue here, and that is how the states are run, whether they're run by Democrats or whether they're run by Republican conservatives. And we can see that all of the regulations and the nonsense going on in California with high taxes and the wokeism and all the crazy things that we see happening over there, the reparations uh, and the bankruptcy, that uh, people are just moving out. They're moving out of California, and they're going to states like Florida, where you have Ron DeSantis, who seems to be more conservative, cutting taxes, cutting regulations, standing up to uh, the woke culture coming out of the corporations and the schools. He's uh, right on target with what the American people are thinking about. So if you're a Democratic-run state like New York and California, people are leaving because they're fed up with the politics and how it's run by the far-left Democrats. And they're moving to states that promote freedom, less regulation, such as Florida. So that's what's happening. And I'm sure other states are similar situations like Chicago, where they're predominantly Democratic-run states that have very high crime rates, and people just don't want to live in those states anymore. There you go. That's how it rolls in far-left states. All right, headline number three. Representative Jim Jordan subpoenas big tech heads for speech suppression investigations. From Fox News, Jordan, Republican from Ohio, subpoenaed Alphabet Google CEO Sundar Picha, Apple CEO Tim Cook, Meta Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, Amazon CEO Andy Jassy, and Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella to turn over records by March 23rd. A Microsoft spokesperson said that they have started producing documents are engaged with the committee and committed to working in good faith, end quote. In December, before the Republicans took the majority of the House of Representatives, Jordan requested documents and communications from the executives related to big tech censorship. At the time, Jordan and Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee said that they had evidence that big tech companies were colluding with the Biden administration to suppress free speech online. Ed Morrissey, without any data and indeed without any attempt at engagement, GDI smeared hundreds of conservative sites and writers and attempted to put them out of business. Included in those blacklists were most of the Salem media's sites. Town Hall was rated reprehensible and offensive, while others such as Hot Air got tagged as false, misleading without any evidence and Microsoft has retreated rapidly from GDI after this expose, but not before the McCarthyist tactics got exposed for what it is, an attempt to de-platform conservatives and punish dissent. All right, so uh, the battle begins now. So Jim Jordan's starting to pull these guys in and wants to get to the bottom of the censorship. Uh, We have the Twitter files that were released by Elon Musk 
revealing and pulling back the curtain on all the censorship with the FBI being involved, with the Biden administration directly involved. And I hope that they can get some answers to the questions and not just make it a, a hearing, but put some teeth into it, make some changes, break up these big monopolies with the antitrust rules and really break them up into smaller pieces. They got way too much power. They're controlling the free speech. It's never intended to be that way. The Internet is public space. They have no right censoring information. And the committee under Jim Jordan's getting down to the bottom of it. And I hope that uh, it becomes a very successful committee hearing and that we can really see what's going on. The American public can understand exactly how they're being manipulated in the media and everything associated with what's going on with big tech. All right. Headline number two, CBO's 10-year projections foresees mass deficits. Just the news. The Congressional Budget Office said Wednesday the national debt will reach 118% of GDP by 2033, the highest level ever recorded, and continue to rise, quote, if current laws generally remained unchanged, end quote. From Axios, the U.S. budget deficit is on track to surge over the coming decade, the Congressional Budget Office said, with cumulative deficits of $18.8 trillion, nearly 20% higher than the agency projected last May. The CBO also pointed to newly enacted bipartisan legislation that will add to cumulative deficits in the next 10 years. In a separate release, the CBO said the government will breach the debt ceiling between July and September, the latest official estimate of when extraordinary measures to borrow additional funds will be fully exhausted. All right, so this is another big uh, battle we're going to see in Congress. The purse strings, how we spend. Biden administration blew a big hole in the deficit. We're at uh, $32 trillion. We got rising interest rates. It's going to be unsustainable. The interest on the debt's going to be higher than the defense budget very shortly. And as this continues to spiral out of control, and if they can't get their arms around the debt ceiling and continue to borrow more money and spend more money, it's just going to it's going to explode at some point. You cannot keep doing that. Just look at it as in your own situation. If you had a credit card and you just kept jacking up and adding more and more to the balance and having no way to pay it back, what's going to happen? You're going to go bankrupt, right? You're going to have to go into court and work something out. That's what's going to happen with the U.S. Uh, the biggest nation in the world it collapses and can't honor its obligations. So I hope Congress can have the guts and the teeth to get in there and fight these radical spenders and printers of money and try to get a handle on our budget and our deficits and figure out a way to pay it back. The American people and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to be the ones that are going to be responsible for this, and we just can't continue to do that. It's just plain old common sense. All right, headline number one. Vice President Kamala Harris does not see China as adversary. From the Daily Wire, in order to solve a problem, the first step is to acknowledge that you have one. For the Biden administration, that means admitting that China is an enemy of the United States. Yet despite the Chinese Communist Party's affront to American sovereignty via spy balloons and other intrusions, 
Vice President Kamala Harris still views the Red Dragon as a respected challenger of the U.S. instead of as a geopolitical threat that it is. Fox News. Harris made the comments in a Tuesday interview with Politico, arguing the U.S. seeks competition with China, not conflict or confrontation. I don't think so, no, she said regarding whether relations might be affected. Many lawmakers on Capitol Hill have expressed outrage at China's willingness to infringe on U.S. sovereignty. Biden himself has yet to address the nation following the shootdown of China's balloon and three other unidentified objects in recent days. The U.S. military shot down such objects over Alaska, Canada, and Lake Huron this weekend. U.S. and Canadian forces are working to recover debris from all three sites, but have yet to make any major public discoveries. All right, so this is a big problem. The vice president doesn't think China is an adversary. I want everybody to remember that when it comes to 2024 and this lady either running for president or even in a vice president position, it ain't going to happen. She's just uh, totally out of sync with the American people. She's She doesn't understand the issues. She's not a good speaker at all. She's way out of her league. She needs to go back to whatever. But politics is not her forte. She was a prosecutor. Maybe that's where she belongs. Go back to California and prosecute drug users and criminals. Probably you'd have more value there than trying to run the greatest country on God's green earth. That's my opinion. And I think a lot of you out there would probably agree with me. She's definitely not qualified. And if she doesn't think China's an adversary, then we got some big problems, folks. All right, those are your top five headlines for this uh, Thursday. Thanks for joining us on the Firm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. God bless everybody. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.